<laughs> Martin, you're in charge. All right. Let's hit record. Hello and welcome to the... Oh, it's got an error, but I'm recording on the Rodecaster. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if that recorded last time, so let's go again. Hello and welcome to Running Down Corridors, episode six, I believe. After quite the hiatus. Yeah, quite the <laughs> yes, hiatus. Beginning of a new series. Yeah. Everyone's gone through a lot of things, haven't we? I mean, you went in for surgery. Um, yeah. I went in for marriage and stuff. And uh, Sam became a father. Sam became a yes. father as well. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, been a manic, manic time. Um, amazingly, we just launched the podcast uh, uh, just before this happened. <laughs> yeah, some yeah, would say... If anything, we should have, probably should have launched it now would have been a good idea when we all have five minutes. Yeah, some would say launching the podcast when we knew one of us was going to be out in a commission for about six months. Yeah. was <laughs> probably not the wisest idea. No. And I would agree. Mm. But anyway, guys, you all right? Yeah, good, yeah. thank you, mate. Yeah, How are good. you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I can stand sitting at a desk now. No, that's good. So, yeah, I recorded a couple of... Let's reword that. You can stand sitting at a desk. I can tolerate sitting at a desk. Well, you're standing or sitting. That's what you're saying there. You can stand at a desk. You can sit standing at a desk. Uh, I can tolerate sitting at a desk now. I couldn't for the longest time. (laughs) But yeah, so it was Jody Wataka's last episode recently. We're <laughs> we're a week late because Chris wouldn't rearrange his honeymoon to record about this. Chris, you got to sort out your priorities, mate. I didn't even watch it till we got back. Um, <laughs> that's that's our uh, yeah. That's 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 the priorities we had. <laughs> All right. So did either of you watch it live? No, no. I watched it that evening. Okay. Yeah, I watched it as well. Well, I say I watched it live. I was about two minutes behind because we we were two minutes late watching it. Yeah, when we got towards the end, I got an email from Big Finish going there to David Tennant sale. So I was like, all oh, right, yeah, he is the 14th Doctor then. I mean, haven't they always got a David Tennant sale on? <laughs> all right, shall we, shall we just get into the nuts and bolts of this episode? Okay. So I'll come to you, Sam. What did you make of The Power of the Doctor? Do you know what? I, I loved it. I really loved it. I, I really, really enjoyed it because I sat there. I was on holiday at the time and I got back. Um, I was on holiday in Devon and we got back quite early and my my wife and my daughter went to bed. And I thought, right, I've got a bit of time. I've had a couple of beers. I'm just going to enjoy this. And I said, right, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just going to enjoy this for what it is. And I knew it was the whole uh, BBC 100th anniversary special. So I said, well, I'm just going to treat it as that. Because, as you all know, I'm a huge fan of Dimensions in Time. Because Dimensions in Time was the first return back for Doctor Who in years. It was 30th anniversary. It was for charity. It was silly. It was funny. It was just, that's just throw a load of ideas at the wall and see what happens. I went into this with that same attitude. So there's a lot of stuff in there I can talk about. And we'll talk about it later in the review about how many parts of the story didn't work. And how I did feel there were lots of little plots going on that could have gone somewhere. So off the top of my head, the whole idea of a Dalek turning on their whole race because it's lost the original Khaled ethos thing, I thought was really interesting. I thought that the master trying to become the doctor was was interesting. Didn't quite get the reason why, but there was something interesting <laughs> in that. 
I felt bringing Ace and Tegan back was, again, very interesting. I felt the Doctor in a kind of limbo talking to her previous selves. There's lots of interesting stuff there that could have been whole episodes on their own. But for now, I'll just say it was just, I watched it again and I really did enjoy it. I, I just liked seeing old faces. I liked the old references. I liked the silliness of it. I liked the campness of it. I think sometimes in the new era of Doctor Who, there's this thought that everything has to be parting of the ways. Everything has to be blink. Everything has to be really clever. And it needs to be drama for a new generation. Because sometimes it could just be a silly episode of Doctor Who. And in that regard, I really did like it. Okay. And Chris, what did you make of it? Do you know, I didn't think it was that bad. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Like I say, it's not perfect in any sense. I thought towards the send-off of Jodie, it was it was pretty decent. And how they handled that was pretty nice. It felt to me, because they only really promoted it about a week and a bit just before it, it aired, that I thought it felt like, I think it, it, the general consensus was people want to see Tennant and then Shooty Gutwa. Mm. They were, they're more interested in what's happening with Russell T. Davis taking the helm next year. I thought very much that it was a case of because the vibe I had was we all, we can all put hands on our heart and say this this era hasn't quite worked how I think people wanted it to, not to be to piss down on 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 Jody's parade or you know or or be malicious in any sense, but I think we can all agree as much as we like Jody or even dislike it wasn't a very the era's a very mixed bag, more so I'd say than Capaldi's or or Matt Smith etc. Um, which is a shame. And I, it felt like with Russell coming back, he's sort of utilizing the 60th rather geniusly to kind of bring the nostalgia back with David Tennant to try and, you know, bring back some, you know, bring an audience back in. Because uh, a lot of, because it really is actually quite a, a, lim- a very small audience still watching in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, okay, viewing figures don't mean much anymore, but as everyone keeps saying, but that's what losers say. I find that there are a lot of people who, if you talk to about Doctor Who openly nowadays, it's we're back in the days where you had to hide the magazine in the middle of a porn mag just to feel accepted. <laughs> I feel that he's taking brand control and sort of using 60th to try and bring people back and launch this new thing. Whilst Jodie's got this one episode, I, I thought it was just a case that they just wanted to get it out, get it aired, and just, you know, let's just get it over and done with. This is it. This is what we've done. And here you are. But that said, I actually really quite enjoyed it. I thought there was, it really wouldn't have appealed to anyone other than a Doctor Who fan. They wouldn't have appealed to any new person watching or potentially a young person. Suddenly you've got these old faces that really only we'd know. Mm. And these references that only we get, but it's meant to be a hundred years of the BBC. So it's meant to be celebratory, celebratory of that. It's, it, it really did work. Actually. I thought it was a really nice, uh, it, it, it added a good tribute to Tegan and Ace as well. I was watching with my wife, who I can now say is my wife and she didn't really give a toss, but, uh, she, she'd seen a few of the episodes. So she was kind of like to turn to me and said, I didn't know Ace fell out with the Doctor. I said, to be honest, it never happened on screen. But, you know, it sort of added these added these depths and sort of, I suppose it was an epilogue to these characters, really, uh, because Tegan just leaves in an ep- at the end of the most gruesome episode of, of the 80s. I think it generally did a lot of good service to the old Who, as well as the new Who as well. But it's a very, I think it... it it was all over the place, but by the end of it, I thoroughly, I did enjoy it. I thought, actually, do you know what? That wasn't bad. I felt entertained. I can't say I've done, I've said that 
about any of Jodie's era at all, uh, any Chibnall scripts. But this one I felt very entertained by the end and thought, you know what, I'll watch that again. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I think you could rip the plot to shreds with this. The plot is paper thin. But I will say I enjoyed every second of it. It was fan servicey and fan wanky, whatever you want to call it. But I loved it. I've only had the chance to watch it once. So I don't know how it holds up once you remove all that nostalgia. Will I be a bit more critical of it on a second watch? Maybe. But my fiance has watched it twice and she really enjoyed it. It just flows, doesn't it? Yeah. It doesn't really give you pause. The only bit I don't get on it, uh, some bits it was like I sort of worked it out as it went along. It didn't have to have the explanations, which it usually does in Chibnall's era. Uh, there's always a lot of exposition. There wasn't as much, actually. There was a few bits that I ended up working out myself. Going, oh, okay, he wasn't answered, but I sort of worked out that bit. But the one bit that still didn't make any sense was why Rasputin? <laughs> well, yeah, it makes sense that Rasputin is a time lord, given his his origin and and the mythos oh, yeah. around I, him. I think, I think it's a cool idea that the master was once was myth was Rasputin, but it seems like they made a big deal that Rasputin and all the pin on the paintings. So I still don't understand what that bit was for. I get the, yeah, seismolo- I, the seismology bit made sense because he was hiding. They basically were, it was their way of covering up the Daleks plan to use the volcano. So they'd had to remove the seismologist before they picked up and go, something's not right here. And he goes, oh my God, there are metal pots down there um, fiddling with the tectonic plates of the earth. So that made sense. But I didn't get why Rasputin had any relevance at all or why it had to be in Russia in that time. It just felt like an I suppose an excuse really. It didn't really make add anything. No. I mean it's one of these things really where actually I felt like this whole story should have been the Flux series. Like I feel like this yeah. there's there was lots going on and this could have you you know like and I think that's maybe why I went into this episode because I think I watched Flux and there were some quite good episodes in there, but it was never really tied up. We never no. got any proper answers about the, the timeless child and blah 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 blah. So oh, I thought, that was that was funny. That was, yeah. it, it, I was going right to the end. I thought they made no reference at all. You know, they just went, okay, we'll just uh, we'll let that slide. Just just leave, park it over there. If, it, if anyone wants to pick up on it, they can write fan wank novels on it. It's fine. Just yeah. leave it. But to be honest, uh, I kind of want. I just thought they could easily do one sentence, and it would just answer and remove the whole timeless children thing, and it'll still allow big finish or any nerd with a with a computer uh, to type up some fiction on it, and that would be just simply the message, like the Jody just saying one line, and that would be. I, it doesn't matter who I was. I know who I am, and this is who I am now. You know, and that bit, that line, just you know, something to that effect, just completely mm. cuts off the whole thing. Because we don't really need to know what happened to him or the or the doctor all those years ago, or him or her all those years ago. We don't need mm. to know it, and it still leaves the leaves that sort of thing. Whereas at the moment, it just looks like they've just gone right. We'll put Ruth <laughs> in it as a cameo because we should, but actually have no <laughs> show no recollection to it at all we won't mention it again so i wonder yeah. if ruth appearing and vinder appearing are because you know flux was originally eight episodes but then covid mm. cut it down to six i'm wondering if they were contracted for seven of those eight episodes so it's like right we might as well utilize these actors we've already paid i thought it was that end of an era thing like a cameo for it could be yeah I, I not vindaloe vindaloe vinda just felt forced into it um but ruth one 
felt like I, I expected she was going to turn up in some shape or form. And when she did, it wasn't actually that bad. Yeah, so I thought it was like the scene it, again. <laughs> yeah, and I liked how it confused the master because the master was like, oh, "Hang on, who are you?" Like, and you thought, "Oh, actually, yeah, the master hasn't met her before. He, he doesn't know who that is," which is mm. quite refreshing because it's. And I think that was a really nice subtle bit. I, I noticed that on the the rewatch mm. was that it's always, "Oh no, it's the master." That's all we've had in the new series that the doctor gets tricked by the master, and it was quite nice having it the other way around and having. The doctor turned up and the master not have a clue really who she was. So that was a really nice little thing. The Daleks and the Simon didn't need to be in this story, you know, with all this sort of malarkey going on. And the thing is, is that, that Dalek thing was quite interesting. The whole blow up all the volcanoes yeah. and having a Dalek turn on his own race as a traitor. And I thought that was quite clever. And then that could have been a whole episode, really. But really, it was just there for Ace to bash them all with baseball bats, which, again, was a bit of a funny one because... It was cool to see, and obviously they had to do that. You had to have a smashing a Dalek with a baseball bat. But what people forget is, is that the baseball bat she had in remembrance of the Dalek it was destroyed. Yeah, but not just destroyed. But it was, it was, um, it had a special power to it. Do you remember the doctor yeah. put it in the? Ha- I'm going to sound like a right, like pedantic nerd now, but just that baseball bat, yeah, <laughs> the baseball bat got put into the uh hand of omega and he returned it and it had that special like pew thing when he knocked it do you remember yeah it had like a special thing which meant she could attack daleks with it and this was a baseball bat and if you remember like with the way the daleks have been built up in the new series especially in like 2005 2006 was that nothing could really stop them the old stuff that used to be able to get them they couldn't do anymore so if you shot it in the eye with paint, it could just melt it off. I mean, mm. what people have forgotten about massively is that in the original one in Dalek, it had bullet time. Remember, bullets could like would slow down in front of it and melt. Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. could levitate. It could do all this sort of stuff. And now suddenly, just a, a you know a fifty-year-old woman with a baseball bat can just get destroy a Dalek. It was just a bit, you know. Uh, and then obviously Graham got shoehorned in. I'm not. How did Graham get hours with you know? Turns up, yeah. Oh, hello, guys. I just jumped down the volcano. I thought I might deal with the Daleks myself. Hmm. So John Bishop's absence was he was doing a stand-up tour. Yeah, but but I think that was good. I, yeah. I think that was a nice thing actually to to kick off the. And actually, I I think that that kicked off the show quite well because the whole episode is about goodbyes and it's about we know at the end the doctor's definitely going to die so to have this nice little bit where he and it was a good reason as well it was it was a very kind of oh i nearly died then i don't need this in my life i don't want to yeah you know i've got a life worth living and and him saying you know i'm gonna go and the doctor not saying goodbye and yaz saying she doesn't like goodbyes was was quite a nice little thing and also i felt like that had he been in the episode he would have just got in the way it was already crowded there were already too many people in this episode yeah so having him there would have been negative so to just have a nice little the first five minutes kind of setting up the plot to a certain extent and get saying goodbye to um to dan i think worked actually quite well do you think there's a first draft of this where it's not vinder in the tardis it's dan and it's not Graham in the volcano, it's Dan. Yeah, I, I felt like Graham just stepped in to do yeah. the Dan stuff. Yeah. Like, I feel like Dan would probably have gone off with Tegan to do the volcano, and that's probably why they ran out of time and didn't really have a proper explanation of how Graham got into the TARDIS. Uh, sorry, got into the into the um, volcano. Didn't Tegan fall down a shaft? 
Yeah. So I survived that. Oh, yeah. According to yeah. Janet Fielding, Tegan can bounce. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe the doctor impugned her with some bouncy powers. Hmm. Let's cover the plot a bit. And then I'd like to get into that whole Tegan and Ace thing as well, because I think that's a big talking point for mm. people like us who, who are sort of fans of the old series. But, so pl- I mean, plot-wise, yeah, some, some real interesting stuff there. Like, as I said, had you had a full series of this... I think it would have been interesting. I think the Dalek thing, interesting. The Cybermen thing, I'm still not quite sold on the whole them being being able to regenerate. Obviously, we had the, the regeneration, which we'll they, get to at some point. And they did actually serve a purpose in this one, actually. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, that's a good point. When, when they the took end, over you. Oh, no, no, no. Well, I meant by the end, but we'll get to that point when we talk about the plot. But, uh, oh, okay. And then um, one thing I think worth covering is the, the master becoming the Doctor. What do we think about what went on there? Well, I just think, what was the point? Because he could have just told yeah. everybody he was the Doctor. Mm. It would have had the same effect. Yeah, I've, I feel like they needed something more there. I, I'm not opposed to that, because we've seen that done before. You know, that was in the TV movie. Yeah. But maybe he could have been, I'm going to steal your body, or something. Or he could have been dying. Because I, th- I think that would have been better, because he looked really rough as Rasputin. He looked really dishevelled. And I thought maybe he could be like falling apart. That would have been really good if like he was wearing a glove or gloves and then we saw a glove come off and the hand was all melted or a skeleton. And then the doctor could have been like, you know, oh, what, you know, what's happening to you? And then he's, he can't regenerate for some reason. You don't even need a reason. It's just he can't regenerate anymore. So he needs the doctor's body. I think what would have been quite interesting, and I feel they touched on this a little bit, was that when he became the doctor, there was almost a bit of light side to him. Like yeah, there was some good in him. I would have really have have gone down that level because there was this little bit of good hint. I thought, oh, they're going to go down this thing of the master has the doctor's mind now, so can't do this, can't cause harm to Yaz, something like that. And then at the end, he said, didn't he? Don't let me go back to being me. And I thought, oh, there's so much more in this. There's a good idea yeah. in there somewhere, but we've just sort of pissed for you through in 10 minutes with other shit going on. And I thought the whole episode of this would have been really interesting. It's a good idea. Mm. Four series of a big finished box set coming soon. No. No. They're going to get about 56 ranges from this special alone. Uh, I hope Disney's taking it away from them. <laughs> I'll have to go back to being, what is it, Periscope or whatever it's called. BBV. The, yeah, whatever it is. Just, no, I don't want anything more from that. I don't need to know anymore. It's a good idea, but it would have been a good idea in the hands of Chris Chibnall to do it. I don't need some student at Big Finish doing it. I don't, we don't need more. I know it's going to cause loads of things of this. Maybe there are some good ideas that will be made from Big I Finish. Think it's... I think maybe the whole the whole companions meet-up thing could be quite interesting, but we don't need the Doctor Master spin-off. Do you guys think that in the universe of Doctor Who... The master's penis is on display in a museum. What? Oh yeah, like Rasputin. Yeah, because in Russia, Rasputin's penis is pickled and on display. It, that is a fact. But Rasputin's penis is on display, so the master's penis is on display somewhere. That's canon. They sh- That's canon. That's there's a that's a new spin-off. The master's penis. That's a full finish There you go. So you've got your, there's your niche. That's the hook. It is a bit hooked, actually, if you've seen it in the museum. (laughs) (laughs) So I've seen a lot of comparisons to Day of the Doctor with this. I don't think it's fair because I think, regardless of what you think of Day of the Doctor, you can break down that script and see why it structurally works. You You can structurally break that down 
and explain why that is a good script. Even if you don't like the choices Stephen Moffat made, yeah, it's a sound yeah. script. And I don't feel like this one compares to it, although I think this one has a lot more heart than Day of the Doctor does. I didn't think that they can, they, there was going to be enough time to really justify everything, uh, like having mm. Ace and Tegan back. But each of them both had this lovely moment with the return of Peter Davison and Sylvester McCoy yeah. in costume in their current ages via the use of this hologram thing. And the scenes were beautiful. Sylvester and the Sylvester and Ace scene was wonderful, actually. It added something to it about 30, 40 years later, which was really nice. I haven't rewatched it fully in it in one uh, since. I've watched bits of it that I really, really enjoyed. And there's quite a few bits, to be honest, you might as well have watched the full thing. I felt the 90 minutes worked, actually, strangely. Worried that it was just, you know, we've had episodes like where Stephen Moffat's trying to wrap up four years of build-up in one hour. But this story seemed to, although it didn't answer everything like Timeless Children or anything like that, um, instead it's just gone, nah, fuck it, we'll leave it. Every character in there had a purpose and point, apart from Bradley Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Actually, no. With him at the end, with the with the group. That, no, that worked. A, yeah, that was a nice little touch. And a nice, I just think they found the right. I think there was a thing um, when the fiftieth came around. You say about the, the day of the Doctor. Uh, that people, there was a thing saying we should have had Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Paul McGann in it. And you would think, yeah, okay. Well, Paul McGann would work because he looks. Like he's aged five minutes in the space of 20 years. But the rest of them obviously are older, a bit chubbier, a bit haggardy, uh, very wrinkly, in fact. You know, they don't quite look like that. Colin Baker even said himself, he goes, just look at me. I don't look the same anymore. You know, and mm. uh, and he was very sort of self-conscious about putting on the costume. That's probably why they didn't put him in the costume for the role. Oh, um, 100%. Which is fair play to him. But they found a way to put them in it which is something, even though it's just a hologram thing, it felt like it was enough. And those little hologram moments where it wasn't, didn't feel like a hologram, you, it felt like it was their doctors talking from beyond the grave. And it felt absolutely wonderful. Do you think the only reason Paul McGann isn't in the robes is because he's the only classic doctor that had a modern costume made for him? They obviously had to tailor one for David Bradley. But... That was based on a William Hartnell costume that we've seen before, whereas Paul McGann is the only classic doctor that had a costume custom made for him. Possibly. I think it's also, he's just a damn good looking man. <laughs> you know, 60 year old man, he looks fantastic at 60. He didn't film at the same time. They um, used a body double and then face replaced him. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't, Wait, he wasn't what, free at what? the same time. What do you mean? So they used the body double for his bits with Jodie Whittaker. Who? Who? Paul McGann. Paul McGann, and then they, because um, he wasn't free to make the filming date, so they filmed he they filmed him doing it at a later date, and then digitally put his head onto the other person. That's weird. <laughs> that was. It looks seamless. Wouldn't they just today? film it and have a Jodie lookalike from the back just stood there. Uh, maybe, but that, that's what I heard. That's what I heard anyway. It did look a bit strange. Yeah. Maybe, that's, yeah. maybe that's why, perhaps. I don't know. Um, a bit, yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit. I'm a little right. So, in regards to that bit, I like that explains why they look older because basically they've 
gone she's gone into this sort of realm where i suppose they exist as if they had never regenerated that kind of makes sense i suppose there's a little bit of a question of why those four well the answer is because they were available and wanted to do yeah it. yeah but you, but but the but it would have been nice to have had a reason why it was those four like i i don't know you could have come up with something i think but you do sort of question why why where the, where's the second one where's the third one Where's the whoever, you know, where, where's Matt Smith? You know, you, you could sort of question that. But where's David Tennant? That would have been a strange thing. You know, imagine how weird that would have been. David Tennant had been there, then regenerated at the end. It would have I think it was just, it's... I think they were nice surprises, to be honest, because they uh, were not. It was great yeah. to have them in there. And I think having them in the robe was really cool because it meant they were kind of more spiritual. But I, I would have kept them in the robe when they spoke to Tegan and um, Thing is, well, I think what would have been nice is when she appeared as the hologram to Yaz she'd been in one of the robes as well so it'd been like she'd crossed over and was in this world now and part of this thing and then well I think it was I think it was because it technically wasn't it just it was the hologram that she'd programmed before she died yeah the hologram was pre-programmed so there'd be no way it would have the robe in it and it said you're affecting the interface Mm. it's playing on your memory I I did hear a rumour that they were going to try and CGI the fifth and the seventh doctor to look younger I heard that was the original plan. You know, in like these Hollywood films where like you have uh, Jeff Bridges in the um, yeah, Trump yeah. sequel look younger or Brad Pitt in um, Benjamin Button, they make him look like 19. I think originally the plan was to do that, to have like their faces kind of like deep fakes almost to do the mm. the bit. To, but I don't think they could afford it. I think it, I think the technology wasn't good enough for it to have come through. So they just went. Oh, we're it's just also, the costume. I it's, I it also doesn't. It doesn't always work either. Marvel have used it a few times, and in some cases, it works beautifully. Namely, I think Michael Douglas uh, in Ant Man. I was blown away. When oh, I saw that's that. flawless. Yeah, yeah, that's flawless. Mm. I thought they generally filmed just between the sets of <laughs> Wall Street. You know but they de-aged him for that. Then you'd have them do Samuel Jackson for a whole film and it would look crap. You know? Yeah, yeah they haven't sorted out movement. Robert De Niro. Yeah. Oh, the, 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 the Irish one, yeah. Because although they act, although he's, he looks hideously young in it, uh, he still moves as if he's freaking 80. Yeah, if you see him walking down the stairs in that film, that's an 80-year-old man walking downstairs. I think it's also, there's no harm in them having it there. I mean, for us, it was we, we we found it sort of, I suppose in a way, it actually felt quite nice. It's like the cameo, I thought uh, everyone everyone said, oh, I shed a tear at that. I said, no, oh, I didn't. Maybe I'm just heartless. But it was Ian Chesterton at the end. That was mm. a really nice touch. The man's 96, isn't he? Ninety-seven, yeah, ninety-seven. Yeah. Good look, and he's still like he—he's there. He's our equivalent yeah. of Dick Van Dyke. He uh, is. He yeah. really is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Maybe let's get into the. the we'll we'll leave Ace and Tegan to last, but let's talk about the ex companions thing for a minute. So obviously we've got Graham back from this era, and then we've got some people sat there as well. So who have we got? So we've got Kate Stewart, who's there for some reason. I think she said she was recruiting mm. for unit. And then we've got Melanie Bush. <laughs> Didn't work out with glitz then on the, uh, on the spaceship, no. the ice planet. Didn't work out with him. Uh, so she's back on earth. And then we've got obviously Joe, 
Joe Grant. That was an obvious one. That. I heard a laugh and I was like, yeah, that's yeah, JT that's Manning. It. The moment <laughs> I heard the laugh, I thought, yeah, that's definitely her, yeah. So that was that was lovely. And then the, you had Ian, of course. Now, with Ian, lovely. Yeah, really nice. And it's like I said, I was happy with it. But for me, I felt Ian deserved something a bit better than just a cameo at the end of the show. I would have loved him to have been... I was hoping maybe they'd do something with him in the, in the 60th um, anniversary. Mm. Just have a nice moment of him and the Doctor together. You know, I think that would have been really nice. And then, of course, you had uh, Tegan and Ace there. So how do we feel about Tegan and Ace's return and how that went? There were, there were moments where I don't think Janet Fielding was that good. Don't get me wrong, yeah, it was a joy no, to I, have yeah, Tegan I back. And I don't think it's her fault. I think she's just out of practice. And she's not really an actor anymore, is she? I know she does big finish, but it's a different skill set to do audios. And there are a few times where you could notice she suddenly remembered there's cameras. <laughs> like she'd say something and then her face would move afterwards. And again, again, I think she's just used to doing audio dramas now. But that's fine because Chibnall writes this like an audio drama. So <laughs> oddly, it works. Yeah, there were some bits I was like, okay, it's- coming off a bit cringeworthy in some of the performances, but then I think it really just, their moments really shined when it came to their little bits with the hologram doctors. That bit, I, I felt that was their best bit, personally. But yeah, Janet Fielding, I don't think was quite quite there. There was some cheesy dialogue in there, as ever. Too much explaining. You know, off the top of my head, the whole thing that was like a child and then it turned out to be like an octopus energy thing. It was obvious what that was. We didn't need it explaining to us. Look, it's turned into that. She's a girl because we need to do this. We need to do that. And it's like, do we, do we, did we really need to get that explained to us again? The only reason it's a girl at the start is to make us think there's the timeless child. Well, I thought it was, yeah. Yeah. I thought, oh, here we go again. Also, <laughs> you had, but then you, but then you had that all explained to us. It's like, it's not a girl. It's this. She's doing that. Look, the planet, she's doing that to the base. Like, well, okay, well, do we need to know it? We'll, we'll work it out. We'll work this out. And then I felt that's where they were going with Tegan and Ace at the beginning. There was that awful line of, Ace, I haven't seen the Doctor for 40 years, just because it's only three decades for me. Do we need to know it's three decades? Just It doesn't work just saying, her saying, I haven't seen the Doctor for decades. Same. That's all you need. We didn't need, but anyway, apart from that, there was no explaining from them. It was just them kind of chatting and talking. And there was a bit more character in them. And I felt, especially Ace, we got a lot more character from her than we did Yes, And I think it was, originally I sort of questioned why it was Tegan and um, Ace. But especially Ace, it did feel like um, when Yaz met, it was like meeting her exes. It's like, oh, okay, well, these women were obviously young, attractive women at one stage. And you used to travel with them like you did me. That's a bit... Strange. It was that same sort of thing as Rose meeting Sarah Jane. And I yeah. think there was going to be, and this is something I, I mentioned to the uh, review of Death Guys, and they mentioned it on their podcast a little while back, which was, you know, again, Tegan and Ace are two fantastic characters, especially Ace with all this sort of history to him. We don't know what happened to her. I just worried, and I do still worry a little bit that we didn't get enough time with them. Again, had this been a full series, we would we could have had a whole episode exploring what happened to Tegan and Ace because you, I think like School Reunion and Series Two they do that really well with Sarah Jane the whole him leaving her behind not coming back for her 
what it means to be an ex-companion and try and get back to the real world. I, th- I think there's a lot in there. And to be honest, for the time they had, I think Chibnall did a pretty good job with them. But there's so much more. You could, I mean, like you, we said earlier, and we'll, we'll talk about it in the Resurrection of the Daleks episode, Tegan was a really kind of fun character. She was a silly character. She was um, described as by Jason, John Nathan Turner, as you know, mouth on legs, which is really funny for Tegan. And um, she's a very popular companion. But she was quite quite a comedy relief character sometimes. And her, the, the circumstances in which she left the Doctor was horrific. Like she literally said, I am fed up of seeing dead bodies today. I've seen a lot of good people die and I can't do this anymore. And that's dark. That's very new series, Doctor Who leaving. It's a very dark reason. And she just runs away from him. And it's the first time we see a Doctor companion end with the Doctor saying, don't go. Like, please don't go. She just runs away. And it's. I felt like that should have been touched on. You know, there was no mention of that. And it was a bit sad, really. Although there was that nice t- touching moment where he said, you know, you're thinking of Adric at the moment, aren't you? You know, that was something. But with the A stuff, that was touched on quite a lot with the whole them falling out thing. And I like that we never found out what they fell out about. I like that we don't really know what happened there. I'd rather, yeah, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, why did they just mention they had an argument? Why don't we know what happened? We have no idea. And I go, no, good. I don't want to know. We don't need to know. We've not known 30 odd years. Yeah, my, uh, Liz, uh, my wife Liz uh, asked me, did they fall out? I don't think they did, did they? I, I remember what she just uh, had survival one and she watched it. I said, um, Jim, I think they have a falling out in some kind of fan fiction, but I have absolutely mm. no idea. But to be honest, I like the fact that they didn't try to make it canon because it just pleased yeah. the ego of some toss pots online, you know, and it yeah. just, you know, it's just, it's just them saying it's leaving it that quite open to interpretation that they just had a falling out well not really not a massive falling out as such it was mm. just like as the doctor said people leave sooner or later you know um and was okay with it all mm. and, and do you know what that was probably my favorite moment in the whole of this episode yeah. was the was the seventh doctor calling ace essentially his child because we've never had that established in the series ever that he's seen the them like kids we've especially in the new series he's romantically he or she is romantically linked to all of them and they've even touched on the fact that he's been romantically linked to all the past incarnations as well it's always just been oh well the doctor falls in love with every companion he's ever had so it was really lovely to see him say you were like a kid to me you weren't someone i found you know that would have been that was really freaked out that you know, because I know a few people got a little bit uncomfortable when Sarah Jane in School Reunion kind of said, oh, I was in love with my doctor. And you think, oh, really? I can't imagine that. Yeah, like, like, Sarah Jane doesn't fancy the fourth doctor. <laughs> uh, they were, like, even you said, this is Sarah Jane Smith, my best friend. You know, that was, yeah. it was wasn't it? And and it's a bit like, I was really worried Ace was going to be like, I was in love with the Doctor once. I was like, oh, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. And it was really lovely to be like, they almost get that like from Terry, are you? Harry, no, no. I guess, I, guess th- I thought he was really fit. Yeah, and then, so, and then, and then suddenly, he changed. <laughs> he strangled me. I was fit. I was sex on legs. <laughs> I'm still the same shape. I just need more carrot juice. You know. <laughs> I did like that when the doctor sees Ace and Tegan. She has a look on her face like this is all a fucking need. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I, they like it was panic. It was an instant kind of oh god, no, why? Oh god, and it was like oh ace, oh antique, oh no, god, oh yeah, that was quite a nice reaction. Um, but yeah, just to finish that ace and seventh doctor bit, yeah, really lovely. I really like that he referred to her as a child, and I like that we didn't get why they fell out. But there was that kind of thing of yeah, the doctor's companions sometimes are like children to him or like nieces and sometimes they grow up and fall out. And I thought that was really lovely. And I hope that that influences down the line that we have that kind of companionship again. I think it'd be really nice for the doctor to take on a younger companion and, and try and father them a little bit or be like a cool uncle and, and you know, that sort of yeah. thing. So yeah, really, really good. Really nicely done. I was very impressed at how in such little time we got, we got, I felt and my wife felt as well that Ace had some real character to her. And considering yeah. this was supposed to be the big season finale of Phasmine, we didn't still get didn't get much of Yasmin. Yeah, I feel like she had, she had more to do here than she's had in her entire run. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, in a way, she was the first one of her being a solo companion, wasn't it? Mm. I thought they were going to do something really clever with her. And I think, they, again, this is one of those things where you kind of think, well, we, we could have had a whole episode of this was when the master started to manipulate her against the doctor, you know, and he sort of said, oh, she's giving you a gun. That's not like her, is it? And I thought they were going to make more of this. I thought mm. that, that gun was going to be to do with her death. And I thought it was a, I really in my head, the second it happened, I thought, great, this is a great ending. So this is how personally, if you'd employed me to do this series, BBC, I would have done it. Is she gave her the gun, didn't she? And Jodie is the doctor who says, Don't no guns. I hate guns. I have always hated guns. Don't play with guns. And here she is in her last story, handing Yaz a gun and telling her to point it at someone. And Yaz played this so well with like, Oh God, should I be doing this? This isn't like the doctor. And I thought, oh, this isn't like the doctor. This is an angry, quite evil 13th doctor handing someone a gun, her best friend, her companion, and saying, point it at him and shoot him if you have to. And she pointed it at him reluctantly. And then the master kind of was playing on that, saying, oh, she's giving you a gun. Oh, that's a bit weird. That's not very trustworthy, is it? I thought, this is fantastic. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if down the line that gun gets lost and it falls into the hand of the master and he shoots the doctor with it? Because then she basically would be responsible for her own death by breaking her own rule. Because they were really building up this whole, she's given her a gun thing. And I thought, great, this is going to be such a clever ending. What a moral finish. Like, because she made the decision to hand the gun over to Yaz, that gun has now resulted in killing her. It's a mistake. Her mistake has led to her own death. I thought that'd be so clever. But what? But guys, quiz for you. What happened to that gun? Yeah, still has it. <laughs> yeah. It it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. We never saw where it went. I watched back to see what happened. Does she lose it? Does she drop it? Does she put it down? We don't know. It just disappears. And I think that's really a shame because I thought there was something really in that. I mean, that gun was in the advert, and I thought it's uh, their death's going to be to do with this gun that Yaz has got. I thought it'd be such a clever idea to have the Doctor bring about her own downfall by breaking her own law, breaking one of the Doctor's key rules of no guns, and nothing happened. There was nothing to do with it. Yeah, because it looked like, oh God, she's she's really she's breaking her own rules. She's going to mm. start going rogue and so on. And obviously, this is really distressing for her. Something's happening to her as well. She's like 
trying to work out what's going on. She's just not, you know, handling it. But no, then that just gets dropped when she gets captured yeah. quite quickly, yeah. and then they and they put her into the uh, Dalek shell, and then then she's uh, just captured and then turned yeah into the master, and then that's it. That's the end. There was all this stuff. It was building and building, and it was it was I was really engaged at this point. It was the master whispering to Yaz, "Why is she going to meet Daleks? What is she doing, Yaz?" And I thought, great. I thought all this whole Thasmine stuff we've had from the fandom. And it's going to end with Yasmin not trusting the Doctor. I thought, this is great. What a well, oh no, it's gone. There's nothing in this at all. Such a shame. You know, there was a point where I thought the Master wanted to be inside Unit. Mm, and yeah. that was his plot. I thought, oh, they're going to Dark Knight this. Like the Joker wants to be in. Yeah. But no, he, he didn't want to be there. Well, actually, didn't he break something out like you already put there? To teleport. Yeah, it was the Cyberman. Yeah. He gave to me. That's just that to me felt a really complicated way to just broken out of unit. I did actually quite like the Russian doll bit and sort of went, ah, that's a good play on words, actually. That was pretty good. (laughs) Gave it to Tegan. Then I thought, why would Tegan bring it to unit? It just was a bit long-winded for me. It was cool, but it was a bit long-winded. I thought, really, it could have just been, I don't know. What did you make of the return of the shard? Didn't even toss. No, <laughs> I was no like, I didn't really. He was cra- a cool, a cool look. It was there because <laughs> he looked cool. But uh, <laughs> I love the line. I'm so glad I cloned you. What? What? And then the whole I killed him, but we've made up now. What are you on about? What's this? Go- what's going on here, lads? This is just silly. And that was that was just after all that clever stuff with Jodie and her breaking her rule, handing us the gun, and then suddenly you've got him back <laughs> and. And the master just being like, oh, yeah, so basically we were enemies and I killed him, but now we love each other and we're good friends. And he took no real command. He had that good little line with Kate where he negotiated with her. Otherwise, he was just doing everything the master tells him to do. And it was like, really? That's, that's, no, don't need this. So something that's really divided fans is the rah-rah Rasputin thing. What did you guys make of that? Uh, To be honest, it was... I saw Sawyer and just all went, uh, you know, because he's dressed as Russ Putin. But I'll be honest, his dance music was bollocks. I don't think that scene was filmed very well. <laughs> the, the only bit that was brilliant was where the Dalek and the Cybermen looked at each other. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's, that, 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 that's that what you've laugh. got. Yeah. yeah, that made me laugh. But, uh, you know, like, I don't know. It's like the, you, you compare it to our, I know you shouldn't really compare, to be honest, but. John Sim put a lot of effort into that Scissor Sister song, you know, compared yeah. to uh, to this. It was just, I don't even know what dance he was doing. It didn't feel like it was to rah, rah, Rasputin. <laughs> yeah. On the Just Dance, it reminded me of a few of those moves because that song's on the Just Dance games. Oh, right. So maybe really? that's what he's doing. If you write the master being Rasputin and you don't put this song in, Oh, I thought I thought it was fine to put it in. Yeah, I thought it was fine. You're damned if you do and damned if you don't, because if you don't include it, people are going to say it's a missed opportunity and you should have done it. Look, the master is an evil man, but he does have some funny moments. He thinks the clangers are really, really clever. And there's a great scene in one of the best episodes where he's watching the clangers and being like, oh, look at this. They can communicate through whistling. And they're like, it's a kid's show. And he's like, and he pretends he knew all along. Like, that's hilarious. When he's the vicar in the demons, he's hilarious. Um, when he's John Sim in certain bits, he's really, really funny. Like when he gets, in, isn't he? 
Yeah, or when he gets to the spaceship and tells Nardal, the doctor's dead, but the last, the last words were, he hates you. Like, just, he is funny. Yeah. So dancing to Rasputin is, yeah, fine. And and it was done for, for comic relief, I think, that bit. When the music really hit off with the rah, rah, Rasputin, the yeah. when the laser starts and everything, I was like, actually, do you know what? This is quite a cool part. This, you know, it really did kind of go with it. I, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. And it wasn't on for long. It's only a minute of your time. Just get over it if you if you think, oh, no, you can't have that. They would never have done that back in the classic days. In the classic days, you'd have a Cyberman turning to, she, she is mad. So, you know, <laughs> you said you've had Cybermen do funnier stuff in the old series. And even in the very first series, I think you had a stuttering Dalek in one of them, like a dumb Dalek in uh, The Chase. <laughs> yeah. you, I, I think you went over there, sir. We'll get onto that another day. But why the hell is that Dalek? Like, they, do you know about this mine? Have you seen the chase? I have not seen the chase. There's in one scene they have a comedy Dalek. Like he <laughs> he's there to be a bit silly. Like he just comes in and goes, oh, oh, well, I, 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 well, I saw him go over that way, but I, I think he went there. It's just this stuttering Dalek comes in all nervous and I've it's always, never explained. I've never known what I've it is or why it. it's there. I was saying this today. I was, uh, I was doing the panel thing, uh, MCM. Before we went on, we were talking about Dalek voices and, uh, and I, said, I said, I love Roy Skelton's Daleks because mm. he'll start off with the... You will be exterminated. You know, the usual thing. And then suddenly yeah. you'll have to do another Dalek that's completely different. He goes, Oh, what is going on? <laughs> it would be like so <laughs> ridiculously high pitched to just go, What is going on? What is going on? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can see Nick Briggs does it as well, he, uh, but not quite to that comic effect, but uh, it did make me laugh. Well, you've just reminded me actually, there was a deep Dalek, like in the old series that came in, in that bit where. She was a traitor. Mm. Sorry, she was with the traitor. There was a very low Dalek. That's Nick's, that uh, yeah, was... that's Nick's range. He does the, the one that goes, the Daleks are not to be trusted, you know, the normal voice. And then suddenly yeah. he'll do another one. Uh, yeah, uh, But his main one is, if he does a normal one, he goes, what is happening? And then suddenly the next one will be, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, that one came in really deep and it made me chuckle. Roy Skelton goes so high cool. for the secondary Daleks. Nick Briggs goes low. It's quite, yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean that's a conscious choice because Roy Skelton went high? Oh, maybe. No, yeah. no I want to I wanna ask him. No, I want to find that out because... Uh... <laughs> But yeah, I I love it because it's it's like well it's like the Cybermen, isn't it? Well, beforehand it was uh, yeah David Banks do you know his uh, and we will destroy them at once, and then you have your cyber lizard tango that just suddenly just goes oh <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I watched Revenge of the Cybermen the other day and I couldn't stop laughing because we were talking about that. Oh, new leader. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Smithers. It's like he has his own Smithers. It's too soon. He's always nervous, isn't he? Oh no, leader. No, not now. <laughs> I love it. Love yeah. the voice in Doctor really? Who. But leader, we can't activate now. It'll be too soon. I don't care. Activate them now. <laughs> oh leader, why won't you listen to old Muggins? He's great. I that's that's that is what Big Phyllis should be doing. Left. Tenant goes home from work every day all upset. 
it's the greatest love story that's untold. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. He, he, so he looks at him in in Earth Shock as well. Like he just looks at him like I do so much for this guy, and he doesn't <laughs> notice me. It's always there's all he wants is a well prepared meal. <laughs> You know, and uh, and the leader just blanks him. He just turns and goes, "We will crush them. We will crush them at once." And then he's just like, "Yes, leader." Yeah. <laughs> just, I, I think I think I have heard rumors. You know, well, I think they should bring out Earthshock again with new features. And I feel like you know the bit when the the, the doctor says, uh, "When's the last time you had a well prepared meal? Took in a sunset, smelt a daisy," and then when when the leader. The cyber leader says these things are irrelevant. Yeah, and they I just got they should, in there. They just just the cyber leader just crying. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Oh, so yeah, uh, we need. I think definitely need more of that. More of the uh, the relationship struggle. Are you crying? <laughs> no leader. No leader. I'm just something in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, going back on oh. to Power of the Doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah sorry, go. yeah, yeah. Well, we should let's say that probably we've, um, I think we should probably end on the regeneration. Altogether. Yeah, Unless yeah. Is there anything else we've missed, do you think? Probably. probably. Well, I mean, it was a very <laughs> big episode, but well, let's, let's finish off then with the regeneration. So, um, I liked how she died. I thought that scene of the last confrontation with the Master and then the laser was just mm. it felt epic it really did I was yeah like, you imagine they imagine them trying to do that in 2005 <laughs> she got uh, blasted she fully got blasted as well yeah she, it was quite yeah. graphic the it way she great. got thrown around yeah and it was just so superbly done and i thought that was a really really good scene i thought you know uh, but no as for the actual regeneration i'd say that's probably the most beautiful regeneration scene i've seen uh, i think it might be my favorite since eccleston yeah because I'm not because, a big fan yeah. of the grandiose speeches and stuff like no, that. No, no, I'm not. It, there was no grandiose no. speech. Uh, it, was, it was we said a few words. Tag you're it, which uh, was very thirteenth doctor, which was very cool actually. It was a good line, and then the shot against the sunset on the clifftop thing it just looked beautiful. And my favourite bit, you saw the transformation. That's mm. something I found they copped out on um, a lot. When you watch the first one, Eccleston Tennant, you see the hair grow out of him. You know, you see yeah. this transformation of like, what the hell is happening? He's generally transforming before your very eyes. The Tennant to Smith was just, it literally is him staring and then it literally just fades. That's it. Yeah. Just, there's an orange glow, but it's just a fade. Matt Smith to Capaldi didn't even happen. It was a, a cut and he was there. Yeah. And I thought that was a really disappointing regeneration. And then you did have like the homage to the first one with the eyes with Capaldi to Whitaker, but this one felt like the, the beautiful scenery and the transformation. And also it even answered a few things as to, you know, because Moffat's made this remark as well, that, but in the first ever regeneration, uh, the Doctor's clothes change as part yeah. of the new generation. So we got to see that as well. So, uh, and I just thought we it did. was a really good. And the fact that it turned out a lot of people were very surprised. I don't understand how people were surprised. It, it was so obviously going to be David Tennant mm. as the 14th Doctor. And I was calling this for months that he's last words 
will be what, what, what. Well, and people course, are like, no, yeah. no, they won't do that. And it's like, I, as, a, as a writer, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So you do it. And that's what everyone remembers. That's what everyone who hasn't watched since Tenant remembers of his cliffhangers. So you do that. That's the clip that goes on YouTube that entices people to come in. So, of course, you do it. I think it's a genius. It's as much as I think we've said before in previous episodes or, or previous discussions that I thought it would be a bit of a stupid move to do it. I think that Russell T. Davis, as I think I said earlier in this episode as well, Russell T. Davis is doing a bit of brand control. Mm-hmm. And he's using the 60th rather geniusly to um, bring the viewers back. David Tennant's just a caretaker doctor, really. And there'll be some explanation as to why he's turned back into that face. Oh, 100%. Uh, there was, there yeah. was a point where there's no Russell T. Davis and there's no David Tennant. And it ends with Jodie Whittaker regenerating and we don't see who she turns into. Yeah. And 100%. And now we're gonna have, we're gonna have three episodes with David Tennant, Donna Noble returning as well. But I was talking to a, f- a very good friend of mine. He texted me and said, "Have you seen Doctor Who yet?" Uh, after my honeymoon, because I had to wait till I come back, uh, which was fine. We were in Paris; it was a lovely time away. Yeah. I was watching that... Doctor Who on your honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really feel it was appropriate. <laughs> um, <laughs> we watched it when we got back, um, and I, I said, "Do you know what? I actually quite enjoyed it." And he said, "Do you know what?" I, lo- I was so shocked at the end and I'm excited for next year. And he, he hasn't really been that fast mm-hmm. on it. But he said even his his partner uh, was intrigued by it because she loved David Tennant when he was on. Everyone loved David Tennant when he was, mm. when he was on. And even his brother, who hasn't watched the show since David Tennant, said, oh, I've got to give this a try. I've got to give this a watch. This, this is going to be awesome. David Tennant's back. What, what the hell? It's, it's definitely piqued the interest of people. And also... I know you've got stunt casting like uh, Neil Patrick Harris coming in, who is mm-hmm. clearly not or, or is the uh, toy maker. Uh, I reckon he's definitely the toy maker. I'm gonna. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I've heard talk of if the rumours are to be believed. Now this is a touching wood here. I don't know if it is, so don't count me on it. But Star Beast, I've heard Star Beast is being adapted, uh, which is yeah. I think Beep the Meep has been seen out in streets. Yeah. Yes, and, Beat the Meat uh, has been seen out in streets. Yes. Yeah. And uh so and you know, and whatever they got in store for the last one. But I think it's just it's a genius idea of using the 60th anniversary to bring in new people. Whereas the, the, I think the 50th is actually when the show declined, strangely. Because, I agree. Because Actually, yeah. Because when it started focusing on the past, it never let go of it. And yeah. it um and it sort of put people off a bit. People were sort of like there was a, a reference to the crotons for fuck's sake, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the hands or something. I was like, even I had to sort of think, what the fuck is that from? <laughs> you know, then, my uh, my sister's boyfriend genuinely thought Day of the Doctor was the last episode ever. You say that because a lot of people I know who watched it casually said, Well, I watched the David Tennant series. Yeah. I watched a bit of Matt Smith. And then I watched the one where David's, David Tennant came back and then I stopped because I thought that was the end. And I don't mean I think they thought they knew it was still on, but they felt that was the end of that story. And I do feel like if you go back and watch Day of the Doctor, it feels like the season finale of the new series. Yeah. It feels like it, if you watch that from start to finish, it really is like because because the whole of the new series up till then is about the time war that's what separates the new series from the old series i think it's genius 
creation from Russell T. Davis, which was unfortunately ripped apart by Moffat. I think it should have kept that way. Doctor Who 1963 to 1989 is Doctor Who the Time Lord. Doctor Who from 2005 onwards was Doctor Who the Time War Survivor. It could have been called Doctor Who and the Time War. Like, it's all about a bloke surviving a time war. Like, to be honest, it shapes the character like we've never seen him before. The whole of David mm-hmm. Tennant's Doctor is off the back of the time war. And that's something I'm really interested to see in the future, how this works. Because we know this Doctor now, we've got the 10th Doctor, is no longer Time Lord Victorious. He's no longer last last of the Time Lords. He's just, oh, I'm yeah, I'm one of many. And also now I'm not number 10, I'm number 14 of 7,000 and billion, whatever. Yeah. So we're going to get a very different 10th Doctor, I think. But... I do feel like, you know, that the whole of the new series was based around this time war. It's how he interacts with his companions. The whole of him and Rose is about how he survived the time war mm-hmm. and becomes better from it. The end of the fourth the fourth season is about the time war because he has the Metacrisis Doctor and he learns. And then in the end, it turns out that he's reversed everything from the time war. And it, it is almost like an ending. If you take kind of what happens after that, it's almost like a brand new show. It's because you're not last the Time Lords anymore. It's completely different. In regards to... The regeneration, and I'm just quite a bit I want to talk about here, but I thought it'd be best to talk about them with questions to you guys, mm, see what okay. you thought about them. I've, ri- I've written some questions down. So oh, first and foremost, we've all kind of had a question on already, and that was how did you feel about the, the speech she made? Because for me, I'm really happy that she did that little line of tag your it. I think it was very 13th Doctor, and it and it didn't, like I still think Capaldi's was awful. You know, be kind, be nice, live, laugh, love. The bins go out on it. a Thursday. Bins go out. Yeah, yeah. Pairs, like, oh, shut up. And then go and have a whole episode about regenerating. So were you guys happy with the dialogue we got? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a much better way of doing it. I've always found with any regeneration story, uh, mm. except this one, strangely, mm. although it was kind of mentioned that she would soon approach her end, which, uh, to be honest, I didn't dwell too much on that like they did no. tenant i missed the sort of i remember like watching planet of the spiders mm. and then finding out the doctor died at the end yeah. and i was like i did not see that coming there's no hint mm. that that was going to happen same and with parting of the ways parting of the waves exactly i uh mm. even though i remember the, the i forgot about the new story even though the, the announced he was going to be replaced by david tennant i still mm. forgot about it by the time I like the fact that it didn't feel like a regeneration story in a sense. It was Mm. a story which just was a big epic movie in a sense that ended with the regeneration. It actually was killed beforehand. It wasn't like Capaldi held it on for (laughs) for a pointless hour um, just to celebrate Christmas. There was no mention it's the fall of the Doctor. It was just simply a Mm. story where she was overpowered and eventually killed. This is my kind of issue as well. So I, I did prefer this regeneration. And though it isn't as bad as it's been before, I was a little bit, I didn't like the whole, let me put off my regeneration for a minute so we can have ice cream. I'm not a fan of this putting off the regeneration thing. I feel like if you're going to go, you're going to go. Mm. Like uh, I, what I would have actually quite liked to have happened in that, again, if I was BBC, if I was writing it, I would have <laughs> quite liked to have seen she which was another thing i quickly want to address this so i quite like that she had all the people around her she said that extended fan or whatever but then they all just disappear oh yeah they fucked what off pretty quickly of, didn't they yeah and yas can fly the tardis now 
What do yeah. we make of that? It's fine that maybe the doctor's given us some lessons and she's been watching and making notes. But what would have been good if we'd seen the holographic doctor be like, okay, follow my hands. And then mm. we we saw Yaz just kind of mirroring what the doctor was doing. And I would have quite liked yeah. to have seen the companions leave and give her a look. So I think it would have made sense if Jodie was like unconscious. You know that line they did at the end when she said, is she okay? And she says, of course she's okay. She's the doctor. I would prefer to have had it then. I prefer to have had them leave and be like, we, we can't leave her like this. And then you have to be like, look, she'll be okay. You guys need to go. And then maybe like the, it would have been quite nice to have like maybe Ace didn't want to leave and Tegan kind of took her by the hand and said, no, come on. We need to let Yaz deal with this. This is her doctor. We need to go. It's it kind of how nice, something like that. Jack left with a voicemail. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, it's very, it didn't feel right that after everything, Ace and Tegan would just, disappear like that yeah but what i would have quite liked is if when she woke up on the floor that the doctor noticed she was regenerating but didn't tell yaz and maybe what she could have done is i said said come on let's go and have ice cream on the roof and then maybe at that moment when they're on the roof she could have told her then i'm gonna die i think that would have been heartbreaking you know them celebrating a day you know another adventure another near-death experience ice cream on the roof life is great again and then suddenly she's like Yaz, I'm sorry, I'm going to go. So obviously they had that chat. What do we make of Yaz not staying behind to see the next Doctor? What do we make of that whole thing? And the Doctor <laughs> saying, I need to do this on my own. It's a bit weird because other than the writer doesn't want to use the character, there's no plot reason for Yaz not to still be around. Exactly. We're led to believe Yaz is totally in love with the Doctor. It's not like a, a Martha or someone like that who kind of, can kind of take it or leave it and has a life at home. She's dedicated her life to the doctor. She's learned to, to pilot the TARDIS, you know, and suddenly she's just going to give up on the doctor because she's going to change her face. I found that a bit off. I don't think it was really a choice, really. The doctor just went, yeah, it's, it's uh, been cool, but gotta go. You know, I thought they were going to finally kiss and she was going to wipe Yaz's mind. That's how I thought it was going to work. Yeah. I mean, that would have been good. That, I mean, that would have been heartbreaking. Oh, if Yaz had said, I want to stay behind and um, whatever happens, happens. And then she kissed her and wiped him. <laughs> that would have been Well, I don't know, actually, because I quite like the idea that, you know, she didn't necessarily, she dropped him off to, she dropped her off to a recovery group. <laughs> mm. just, yeah, that's, you know, that's and, true. And, and even in that thing, she sort of stays silent and then they ask, are you all right? And, you know, and uh, things, and then, you know, is she going to be okay and whatnot? And, uh, and I think she would, yeah, she should be fine. To be honest, I, I don't really care enough for Yaz to worry about it. Um, oh, same. You know, I don't <laughs> well, but that, but that, but really. unfortunately, I know, bit, I know it's a bit odd and the whole Thasmin thing, but sorry, well, I don't care. It's, it's, it's no, done. But, that, uh, but, do you not, but I think that's the issue there, right there, Chris, is that, well, you're not going to care if the, the payoff to this whole Thasmin thing is just that she goes, are oh, you going to change? I'll sod you then. You know, you, you, Sarah Jane didn't look at Tom Baker and go, "No, nah, you're right. I like the old guy." You know, this, the big one, of course, is um, is Clara with the Eleventh Doctor. Was the whole well, I kind of fancied the Eleventh Doctor, but now he's an old man. Do I still want to hang out with him? Like, the, the, she's like, "Oh, I'm in love with you." And everyone's like, "Oh, Thasmin," and then suddenly she's just like, "Nah, see, see." It's the Doctor who literally goes, "Anyway, I'm probably going to be a lad now, so you can get out." Gonna get some new blood in. Gonna get some new. Gonna get. You know, I, I just felt that was very it's probably strange, a kindness but... in a sense because essentially it is that she's going off to die. 
and yeah, you know, I and I suppose just doesn't want it, wants to spare her the pain, you know. Especially if you fancy the hell out of them. To be honest, they only did that thing with for Capaldi. It was really to help the audience of the young kids who were like, "Why am I going to like this old bloke?" You know, he's a young mm. the young man turning into a very old man. And the idea was to use Clara there as a, as the reason, you know, to accept the transition. I was saying, oh, I don't know, he's a bit of a scary old man, and then suddenly you get, and then. Then he just he just gets over it, um, and then mm. drops the whole. Yeah, well, I don't fancy you anymore. Yeah, just I, think, I do think this is the first time we've had a companion leave because the doctor's changing, and it just felt a bit strange that it it, just, it didn't. It, it was a bad to me. It was a bad payoff. I know, like you said, you, like when you might not be a fan of it or whatever, but a lot of people were really invested in these two as, as characters, and um, I think it would have been a bit like if you know Rose had just left the ninth Doctor it just felt a bit strange to me that I feel, I feel like in the new series, especially but there's been this whole thing with Clara and with, with Rose of kind of, you know, the doctor changes, but we learn to love the new doctor. And this was kind of saying, not only are you going to, you're going to hate this doctor so much. It's time to leave your adventures behind and go back to earth. Like it was, it was a, a bit strange, but anyway, she's gone and she's become David Tennant. And I have two more questions left for you. First question is a little bit of a trivia one. Where she regenerated, they filmed it, well, the scenery was filmed somewhere in the UK. Which other Doctor Who episode was filmed in that location? Oh, is it the Horns of Nyman? It is not. No. No, it was green screen. Well, it was it was green screen. It's a real location. Go out and film oh, the right. real location. Okay. Yeah, in, in England, they, they went and filmed it. That has been used before, that location. Oh, God, I don't know. It's I, the Curse I, I did... of Fenric. Oh. Yeah, really? It was, yeah. I saw that Cornwall Devonway. Yeah, it's in uh, it's in Dorset, and I saw that the people that kind of look after the land they've kicked off that it's been used for the regeneration because they have real issues with people swimming up to it and jumping off, and now yes, they're worried you sh- that you shouldn't go on it. Yeah, people are going to go there and try and recreate the regeneration. <laughs> well, they'll just die. Yeah, if they go there. it's quite a dangerous place. So yeah. They'll regenerate. They will die, but they won't turn into <laughs> David Tennant. Um, well, they, have to learn the hard, they have to learn the hard way, don't they? They do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, you're not a time lord. You're, you're not a time, you're not lord. A time lord. Your photo opportunity is not worth your uh, worth it. <laughs> just let it slide. Um, just just do what they did and green screen it. <laughs> so I suppose my final question, I suppose we can end the episode on this, is of course we have a, a new Doctor, a 14th Doctor, and it's the 10th the Doctor. It's, a, it's somebody who recognises their teeth. It is uh, Mr. Watt himself. Who is responsible for this regeneration? Is this the Doctor doing this, or is it the work of the the toy maker? Yeah, I've seen a lot of, um, a lot of speculation mm. about that because his clothes changed. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think there's any plot reason for his clothes changing. What I think it is is the production would have already yeah, paid to replicate Jodie's costume for Sasha, to then pay to replicate it for Tenant for 10 seconds. Hmm. It's probably just the cost yeah. they don't need. And also also the fact that Tenant wouldn't fit it either. Because uh, no. what is amazing is that Jodie doesn't seem to grow in the regeneration, and yet... The floor's lower. <laughs> you, you see the legs. It's, I mean, they, they're never going to be able to do it. That's probably why they had them all lie down before, you know, just in case they yeah. change. Um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> it would have been quite funny. Oh, new bra. That feels weird. 
Okay. Like the bra. Like yeah, the bra. No, I think that's that's just a yeah, as you say, it's just a production issue. That one. The fact that we've the doctor has an old face. Do we think that's to do with the toy master? Do you think he's playing a game? Um, with the doctor here? I think we've, we've seen in the trailer him running around saying, "I don't know who I am anymore." Is the, it, have, has the game with the doctor already started? Is, I, is, is my yeah, question. Yeah, I, I think there's something. I think it's definitely something to do with the, like the doctor in the trailer for he says. I don't know who I am anymore, you know. So I think it's there's there's definitely something you know, that they're going to address. I think it's something with the doctor or something that's affected, but I don't know if it's a malicious force or whatnot because it doesn't make, mm-hmm. make any sense. Yeah, you know, it's the 60th anniversary. It could be could be anything to try and through. You know, Russell knows what he's doing for the 60th, and I imagine mm-hmm. it's going to be, you know, it's going to be worthy of the last 60 years well, I just think it's a genius move it buggers them the numbers up doesn't it but um, and, we're yeah. already very buggered on numbers yeah, when yeah. it comes to the doctor aren't we it'll bring in all the audience back ready to give Shooty that jump start which I think yeah pretty much and, and to be honest people are more excited to see Shooty as well I think a lot of like the young people who've watched Sex Education and everything uh, like Liz uh, my wife she's said when, when she heard she went that's really good casting. I've really same as my wife, yeah. And I was like, never seen Sex Education. I same, same, and uh, yeah, I same. Never I, seen it. I don't. I don't think I will ever see it. Uh, I, it just doesn't seem my cup of tea. But from what I hear, he's very good. But I, I like the idea. I like the look of him. And we did get that glimpse of him in the trailer. Rather than bring David Tennant back and just do some random mm. episodes, Russell's gone. Let's give the people the what moment because the mm. what moments did work. You like. A Titanic burst through. What? What? You know, and people stayed. Now the biggest what is how the hell were you, David Tennant again? Yeah, well, you know. But now I mean, yeah. it made the news. That's how big it was. It was. It was on the Absolutely. BBC News. There's a there's a cost of living crisis. There's a new prime minister. There's a war in Ukraine. We're coming off the back of a, a worldwide pandemic. Doctor Who still makes the headlines, which I'm really happy yeah. about. Well, I saw a lot of people speculating that it was going to briefly turn into Shooty Gatwa and then go back to David Tennant. I was like, no, that's not going to happen. You shoot yourself in the foot yeah. with the PR for that because you then take away from David Tennant and then David Tennant takes away from Shooty Gatwa. Whereas this way, yeah. when David Tennant then regenerates into Shooty Gatwa, you then get another news cycle. Because people were saying Jodie Whittaker should have appeared in the light. You know when Capaldi's regenerating but he holds it off and then he sees David Bradley everyone was always like oh it should have been Jodie Whittaker for like a, a glimpse and it's like yeah but then that takes away from David Bradley yeah yeah absolutely yeah you're absolutely right it, I think they've done it the right way here before we go I just wanted to mention Sorry. that I've seen a lot of fans kicking off that Tennant is back if you're a casual fan David Tennant left in 2010 he came back for a special in 2013 and you've not seen him since but if you're a, a diehard fan, a completist that reads the comics, reads the books, listens to Big Finish, the 10th Doctor has never been away. So I think there's a certain section of fandom that think that the 10th Doctor is a little bit overused. Oh, yeah, I understand that to an extent. Well, there's a reason for um, it. It's like Tom Baker was the, would have been the only Doctor. Yeah, exactly. David Tennant, the Tom Baker of this era. Yeah. Um, because he is that iconic thing. Um, um, I joked about it earlier at the, at the panel thing. It was his last words before he regenerated was, I don't want to go. And uh, he clearly didn't. <laughs> um, if anything, we're, we're all collectively as an audience looking at him going, 
Go, David. Go. go. <laughs> Let it go, David. Let it go. You're better than this. You, you, we've seen Broadchurch, for God's sake, and you were pretty good in Inside Man. And uh, just, 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 you know, just go on. Do other things. Do the theatre. Well, well I will say he has. This. He has successfully done Nativity Two. For fuck's sake, you're on the high life. Great you song. don't need to do it. You can. You can move on, David. Oh well. But he does both. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Both well. Thing, as, both well yeah. as fans, we should be thanking David Tennant for an actor of his caliber wanting to come back. He's more famous oh, yeah, now. I love the fact he's back. He, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's more famous now than when he left the role. Yeah. yeah and yeah, if it definitely. wasn't for him coming back, there would be no upcoming Doctor Who. It was going to end with Jodie Whittaker blankly regenerating, and we weren't going to see it. Before Russell T. Davis came back, before David Tennant was coming back, Doctor Who was done. And I know people like to point at Chibnall and Whitaker and go, it's their fault for viewing figures going down. No, this issue started in the Capaldi era. Yeah, Kids didn't respond to him. The general audience didn't respond to him. And each of his series went down. If you look at Capaldi's final figures to all yeah. of Jodie Whitaker's, they're pretty much neck and neck. Jared, who I started Bad Wolf with, gave up on the caretaker and we had to stop covering Doctor Who until you guys came on board <laughs> because he wouldn't watch it. It's yeah, yeah it's true. I mean like, yeah. like, like I say, it's people can oh they kept saying to be honest, I think everyone saying he's been overrated is merely uh, that tenant being overrated is merely as a response to Matt Smith, really, because people were still people still even now compare to David Tennant, they also they, they mm. often say back and go they'll they'll go back to it and say, I st I stopped watching when David Tennant left. I thought David Tennant was amazing. I watched him when David Tennant was on, and said sometimes they say I stuck around a bit of Matt Smith, you know, or they did watch through the Matt Smith. But more people would always say David Tennant, and you know it would be like if Tom Baker just suddenly said I'm coming back and I'm doing some more. And you know they lapped it up. You know, back in the day, I'm not talking now. Now we've been yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> it's a really good ploy to try and bring some attention back to the show again because Russell David, I, th I think he he knows. He know, we, we all know the show has been in a decline, and you know we can we can pussyfoot around it and go, ah, oh, but the viewing figures don't matter, and so on, and like it kind of does matter. I, I will say it's, it does matter. I know viewing habits have changed. But people aren't. I would rather not bother to watch it. I will say overnights don't matter. But when you take the consolidated figures yeah. into account, and they're only three million, that is an issue. Yeah, you, it's, yeah, you, it's what it matters to the executives who, who who make decisions on programming, and it, it doesn't take anything away from it. If you're somebody who didn't like David Tennant and didn't like Matt Smith, but you like the latest series, that takes nothing away from you. But unfortunately, when these things happen, you do have to have big shakeups. I mean, what people forget is is that actually, if you look at the history of Doctor Who, Patrick Troughton was one of the most unpopular Doctors in the fact that he lost so many viewers in his last couple of seasons. Yeah, the viewing season especially for the 60s was dreadful and this they were talking in the late 60s about killing off the show and they made this very radical decision to make a big change which was john pertwee in color on earth the massive change basically they basically ripped off sherlock holmes to keep the show going you know you had brigadier as watson and they had uh, moriarty in the mask they change loads and that's what they're doing now with this new series and sometimes it works 
like it did back then in the 70s. And sometimes it doesn't. Like in the 80s, you know, Colin Baker wasn't working out. So they said, right, our big change is bringing Sylvester McCoy in, making it more comical. Didn't quite work out that way. But, you know, but because the, the, the ratings dropped for Patrick Trown doesn't mean he's not a fantastic doctor. And it's the same as the, the ratings mm. have dropped recently. Doesn't mean that, that Jodie and Peter yeah, weren't fantastic it's, it's, doctors. But unfortunately, to the people who matter when it comes to putting the show on the television, people at the BBC, they, they do take into account various aspects of people who are watching. And they've realized that at the moment, you guys are right, viewing figures are down. And so they've had to make this huge change to try and rejuvenate it. And I think it's a very exciting change. Yeah. And um, I think it's what people don't seem to realize is viewing figures are essentially like box office figures. They need to prove that this is worth putting on the air. Line of Duty, I know we always refer to Line of Duty. Everyone refers to Line of Duty when they go and say it, but the Line of Duty pulls in, pulled in about 10, 11 million by its final mm. episode. You know, it built up and people did watch in the millions, um, yeah. double, even in some cases, triple the amount uh, that watched Doctor Who at the moment. And yeah, okay, it's a different sort of audience, you could argue, but those figures prove it's a success. Doesn't matter mm. if the content's bollocks. It's a success. Yeah, it was like, shite. The, the ending of London the end, was shite. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Really disappointing. Huge letdown. Rubbish. But these things do matter. And now that it's been partnered with Disney Plus, in a sense, distribution, <laughs> yeah. it's sort of almost securing its future yeah. if the BBC was to crumble or the BBC was to go, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to take this distribution, take it somewhere else. They trust that Russell knows what he's doing. And I think they've seen this opportunity knowing BBC's at the moment, if the Conservatives are going down the route they're going, they may abolish the BBC. Therefore, you've no longer got a Doctor Who anyway. And also, you've also got the, the other side that if the show is not popular enough, they're going to cancel the thing. You know, mm -hmm. So in this case, if they produce it under their production company, it's got some kind of safety. And Russell T. Davis with the likes of his dark materials, it's a sin, all the other shows that they're producing, you know, there's an audience for it worldwide yeah. that they can guarantee it. So the fact that this has had to happen has proven that the show isn't, hasn't been safe. We're lucky it's been on the air. And I think with David Tennant doing this return next year, all of them in November, strangely, I find that a bit of a bizarre thing. I would have thought they'd space it out, but here's the, 60th month is a good strategy and then uh, is it the, is it the christmas is it is it a season that starts or is it just a special i think it's just special they call it a festive period let's finish off here on power of the doctor should we give it marks out of 10 what do we think yeah i'd give it a solid seven. Oh, seven. Seven. Like seven yeah and do you know what it's uh that's three sevens i'll give it a seven as well um, seven is a good respectful one isn't it it's like when you look on imdb and you see a film and you go seven, must be all right then. You know, yeah. there we go. Yeah, yeah. You sometimes, although if you if you're not picky, a six is good as well. Five <laughs> is questionable. Five, mm. you sort of you go, hmm, this could be shit, but I could enjoy it at the same time. Anything below a five is absolute w the worst things you ever imagine. However, <laughs> I think one film I do like is rated a four, and I think that's a fucking outrage. But that's a rant for another time. What's the film? Enjoy Just quickly. I think one of the Scooby-Doo films, actually. <laughs> uh, All right, and we'll leave it there. 